Hey everybody, welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. My name is Pastor Jonathan. I pray that this week's message, that it would bless you, that it would encourage you, that it would motivate you, and that it would sow a seed that is in the Word of God that would yield forth the harvest in your life. As we talk about today's message, and you hear what we talk about as the real battle, you must understand that we don't fight a battle against flesh and blood. We're not up against each other. We're not against human against human, but rather we are up against a spiritual enemy that is that holds powers of principalities and, and uh, rulers of darkness, and we're up against the enemy. There is a spiritual battle that is the real battle. That is the reason why we see everything that we're seeing in today's world and what we will continue to see manifesting in evil. But I'm here to tell you that in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 13, the word of God speaks about putting on the full armor of God, that we would be able to stand against the enemy. And we are to come against the enemy by standing and putting on this full armor of God. As you listen to this week's message, I pray that you would reflect on your personal life. Take a think, uh, you know, a guess at or an idea of what you will be experiencing, what you're possibly going through right now. And I want you to just to let God move in that life, move in your hearts right now. And as you listen to this word, sow it, listen to it, be a hearer, not just a hearer, but also a doer of the word in the name of Jesus. God bless you. And I pray that this week's message will bless your life like never before. Don't forget to share, leave a comment. We appreciate you and each and one of you that's listening. God bless you. I'm going to ask that you open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Some of you may remember these scriptures. Uh, I think we've been going over this since we were juniors or even niños, you know, young, young children. Somebody at one point in time went over this scripture or scriptures, should I say. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. The book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Hallelujah. The book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Everybody is engaged, ready to go. I love it. God's got something special for you. You're going to see. Hallelujah. The book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Let's read it together. The word, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places verse 13 says therefore take up the whole armor of God that you would be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand hallelujah I've entitled today's message, you may have your seats. I've entitled today's message, The Real Battle. Not Joe Battle, like the street, but The Real Battle. A couple of things you must understand 
I want to, these next two Sundays, including today, uh, I want to bring forth some messages on the armor of God, some messages on what it means to be equipped and clothed with the armor of God. And uh, so I'm, I'm asking you that you tune in to every Sunday going forward to hear what the rest of the, uh, of the scripture that we're going to be going over. We're going to be studying a little bit more on this. But it's interesting to know, and, I'm, and, and if you don't know, here is an interesting interesting fact. Whether you choose to believe it or not, there is a spiritual battle. There is a battle that is happening right now in this moment. There is something that is taking place, even though you can't see it, even though you may not be aware of it, but there is a battle that is taking place, and it's taking place behind the scenes. There is a battle that is an old, old battle of ages, and it is a battle between good and evil. Can I get an amen to that? Good has always been, evil has always been against good. Good has always been against evil. Whether you choose to open your eyes, whether you choose to believe in Jesus Christ and his word, it, it doesn't change the fact that there is something that is happening in the spiritual realm of things. Hallelujah. And I've come to tell you that there is a real battle that is happening. Whether we choose to open our eyes or not, it still exists. And I'm going somewhere with this. There is a physical realm which you and I live in. We can talk to you. We can touch and, and shake hands at one point in time. We can say hi to each other. We can see each other. We can even, if you had cologne, we could even smell you. You can smell yourself and be like, I smell good. I smell like cologne, right? There is a physical realm that we live in. But then there is a spiritual realm, a spiritual world that exists. Now, some of us are maybe thinking about it and thinking, well, because I can't see it happening. It doesn't exist. Oh, it does exist. It is happening. People are influenced by either the good or the evil part of what happens in the spiritual realm. When you do something good, you are influenced by the good side. When you do something that is contrary to the word of God, you are influenced by the opposition of what we know as the enemy. And that is happening in the spiritual realm. It doesn't necessarily mean that you sit there and think about it and say, I want to be a bad person to God. It's more about understanding that behind your decision, there is a spiritual force. There is some kind of opposition. There is some kind of temptation that comes and influences you to act out in the physical realm. So let me put it this way. What you see happens in that is happening in the physical realm is the result of the spiritual realm. Stay with me. Physical, spiritual, two separate things, good and evil. All right. The Apostle Paul states in the word of God that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Brother Lorenzo, the battle is not between you and I. It's not between us and President Trump. It's not between us and Nancy Pelosi. It's not between us and other churches. It is a spiritual battle that is between us and the enemy that we cannot see. 
You, you must understand this because in order to win the battle in your physical life, you have to first win the battle in the spiritual life. And what I mean by that is when you begin to uplift the name of Jesus, you cannot see it yet working, but you know that God is working. And when he starts to work inside of you, he starts to work in the spiritual realm. He starts to operate in the spiritual realm. The angels begin to operate in the spiritual realm. And what manifests is in the physical realm. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul says, look, it's not a human battle. It's not a I want to go beat you up kind of battle. It's the spiritual forces that are behind the thought of saying, I want to beat that person up, but they're not really your thoughts. They're the thoughts of the enemy. So in simplest terms, the Apostle is saying, hey, we don't fight human to human. Even though that, that happens, right? Even though you know fights and you get heated, you can want to beat somebody up and you may find yourself hitting somebody. But the Apostle Paul says, our battle is not against each other in the physical realm. But instead, he speaks about principalities, powers, rulers of darkness against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You notice the word heavenly is in there? Not heaven, but heavenly places. Jesus is a spirit. God is a spirit. He lives in a heavenly realm. Amen. In order for us to get to God, we got to be in a spiritual sense. We got to connect with him spiritually. We got to connect in the spiritual world. Because we can't come to him in the flesh. Because the flesh will be destroyed. But these principalities, these powers and rulers of darkness, they live and they dwell in heavenly places. If you thought that this world was run by people or, or by, you know, certain individuals, you're completely wrong. Because the people that do bad things have spiritual bad things that are being influenced to them in the spiritual realm of things. This is why the apostle says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not a battle between you and me. It's a battle between the good forces of evil and good. That has been around since the Garden of Eden, since the moment Jesus Christ, you know, as God in, in spirit already in heaven, the moment he kicks out Satan or Lucifer at that time is the moment that it had already started. And Satan hates us i can't make that clear enough the devil hates you he don't like you he never will he'll try to pretend to be your friend but then he's gonna dump you off why because god chose you as a reflection of him god created you in the image of him so Satan's job runs in many little governments. I like to think of it as governments. But let's, let's take it a little bit closer. Here's what I need you to get and understand. That today you're, you must walk away with knowing that, hey, your spiritual battle, the battle you're facing isn't a physical battle. If you're sick, it's not, spirit, it's not physical, it's spiritual. If you haven't been blessed, it's a spiritual thing. If you're having problems with something, it's a spiritual thing. It isn't a physical thing. It all comes to the spiritual realm. Principalities. Let's talk about that. What does the principality mean? Does anybody really understand that word? Principality. I'll give you what the dictionary said. A state ruled by a prince 
Usually a relatively small state or a state that falls within a larger state, such as an empire. Another definition is the position or authority of a prince or chief ruler. Sovereignty, supreme power. Think about what I just said right there. Principalities are authorities, people, these, these entities, these spiritual things that the devil has that are placed over certain cities, over certain territories, over certain parts of your life. And their job is to destroy everything that they can that is related to God. That's what their job is. You want to know, you, you don't think that Juarez is just evil because it's, you know, they have all those murders just because they have murders, right? No, in Juarez, there's a principality that has been assigned to that region to cause all of these shootings and, and all of the deaths and all of the poverty. And it's a, it's a principality thing. It's more than just a person behind doing something. There, is, there are principalities that the Bible says we are up against. A, a position of authority. Somebody who, who we've been up against. Well, who is this enemy? Satan. The devil. Known as a deceiver. According to the book of Revelation 23. He refers to him as a deceiver. So get this, all right? Stay with me. When, when I looked up the word deceiver in the Greek word, because when you, whenever, you, if you really want to study the Bible, do this. Get the whatever word that gets your attention. Go to the Greek definition of the word. It's going to be one word, and then look at the description of what it means. It, it totally is going to blow your mind. The word deceive means to cause to stray or to be led astray. Or to be led aside from the right way. To go astray. To wander. To roam about. To lead away from the truth. Get this. To lead into error. To deceive. To be led into error. To be led aside from the path of virtue. To go astray. To sin. To sever or fall away from the truth. To be led into error and sin. That one word meant all of that that I just said. And guess who gets the title of that? Satan. Your enemy, by the way. He's not our friend. He is there to deceive. He, is, he is, exists today in our life to cause you to wander from the will of God. He exists in our lives to cause you to step back from God's presence. He exists in our lives to lead us away from the right way. Because he knows the more we're connected to the right way, the more of God's presence we have. And the less of his presence we have to entertain. Hallelujah. He is, I am talking to somebody today that must understand that the real battle has never been about you in the first place it is about the devil hating you because you love God and the devil looks at you and says I can't stand you because you look like God I hate you the devil says and I'm like I hate you too we're never going to be friends at all because if you ain't friends of my daddy in heaven you definitely ain't friends of me but deceive. He is a deceiver. He leads people away from the truth. This is why we have like a thousand religions. And they all actually think that they're right. Even the ones that believe in other gods. They think they're right. Because the great deceiver has deceived them. 
The battle of your choices and decisions is influenced by a spiritual side. This is why, you notice what the apostle says though, he doesn't get, just give you what, he doesn't give you a, you know, Brother Miggs didn't understand this, he doesn't give you the warrant report that tells you about what he's done wrong. He also gives you a way out. The apostle says that we are to stand, stand in him. Who is him? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Think about this. When you stand, what action do you need to do? Someone tell me. If you're standing, what do you need to do? Nothing, right? Nothing. If, they, if I'm standing, on, take a look at this. If I stand against this wall and they tell me to stand, I just stand against the wall. Nothing else is required, amen? But if I'm trying to hit it, then I'm jumping up against the wall. I'm taking action. But my Bible says that we are to stand in him. I'm getting somewhere because I want you to know that the way to defeat the enemy is to stand in Jesus Christ. It's to go to God and say, God, this is your battle that has been here forever. I need you to work in this right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Satan's greatest victory would be to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I got that and I thought that was powerful. Think about what I just said. The devil will win if he can convince you that Jesus does not work in your life. That, but because Satan doesn't exist. If he can get you to believe that, you've already lost the battle already. If he can make you think that there's no such thing as Satan and demons and spirits and there's no such thing as that. Then he wins. Because while you're there doubting, he's already working on the next downfall for you. He blinds mankind to think that the battle exists between each other. Isn't that the truth? Don't we get mad at people? We get mad at each other. And then we want to you know, like hold grudges and we hate each other. And, and then we love each other. And then we hate each other again. And, or we look at somebody and we can't stand them. We don't even know why, but we feel this way, right? We're like, oh, whatever, dude. You know, why, why do we feel that way? Because it's a battle that's not really between us. It is the spiritual world that influences the physical world. This is why I took the time to explain to you at the beginning that there are two worlds. There is a world that we can see, which we don't see a battle happening unless we get mad. But there is a spiritual world that happens and everything that you're doing is reflective of what's happening in the spiritual realm. This is why the apostle says to put on the full armor of God, to clothe yourself with the full armor of God and to go. He didn't say go fight a battle. He says go and stand in him. Put your battle shoes on, put your war cry on, and get ready. And you stand right there by Jesus and said, I, I look good. I'm going to look the part. I'm actually not going to get in the part, but I'm going to play the part. Amen. People are blind to the invisible force. I've heard church people say that the devil doesn't exist or they don't think that. I've actually heard this one. This is a common one. Oh, don't blame everything on the devil. Why? Why not? If it's bad, it's his. Amen. Think about that for a moment. 
People are blind to invisible forces of supernatural evil that are operating in influence. They're visible human agents. Look, here's the thing. All of this evil that you're seeing, all of this corruption, all of this uh, new social movement, new uh, lifestyle changing movement of a transgender, of, of, a, of the homosexuality kind of, uh, you know, movement of the, uh, everything that you can possibly think of that is contrary to the word of God. That is influenced by evil. That is influenced by the spiritual realm. There are principalities, there are powers, there are high, you know, whatever you want to call them in the spiritual realm that are there to make our lives worse and to project the enemy's plan. So here's the thing though. My Bible says that in the end we win. You can't give God an amen to that? <laughs> he says you win. We read in Ephesians, he says, you don't even have to even fight that battle. Just stand. Clothe your armor. Get into armor. And stand. Amen. We win in the end. I find it funny that these, these uh, you know, Satan and his little army, you know, they, they, they think they're going to they're gonna win. Like they literally go all at it like they're going to beat God. And they know the word of God. Politicalness, socialism, religious fanatics, philosophy programs, all that, all that is run by, by enemy, the influences of the, the spiritual realm, all of it. It's the same way if we begin to pray for somebody, we don't see it happening, right? When you say, I'm going to pray for you, what are you praying for? That God would do what, he's, what you're praying for. Amen? If you're praying for someone to be healed, you're praying that God would heal them. Do you see it? No, you don't. But instantly when you begin to send up the prayers in the spiritual realm, the prayers like a mailman get sent to the Lord. You can't see it with your physical eyes, but you know what's happening. The reverse happens in the spiritual world. Things happen over there, they manifest in the physical realm. One of the words that, we, that the, the scripture talked about was powers, right? Talked about rulers of darkness. Talked, it said against powers. Let's break down powers real quick. So I'm giving you like a lesson here. But I want you to take away this, what I'm saying. Power in the Greek word means, how do you even say this? Let's see, exousia. Exousia. E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Exousia. That one word is what's described in the Greek. Because the Greek was the New Testament was written in Greek. And it stands for exousia. Which means power of choice. Amen? Amen. Liberty of doing as one pleases. Amen. Sound familiar? Yes. Leave or permission. Physical or mental power. The ability or strength which one is endued. Which he or possesses or ex exercises. The power of authority of influence. And the right of a privilege. Or you can even define it as the power of a rule or government. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to others to be obeyed. The Bible says we're up against that. Not only are we up against certain hierarchies of the enemy. We're also up against power 
powers of darkness, which means certain choices and influences that you'll come against in your life, such as the influence to do the right thing or to not do the right thing. Amen. When you know that you have that choice, you know it is a spiritual battle because in your mind you're thinking about, should I do this? Should I not do this? And and you're like, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. If I do the right thing, this is what's going to happen. You with me? There is a real battle. And for those of you who have understood what training and going to an academy is, this is the academy for you. This is equipping you with to know that your next battle that you're going to face has to be a spiritual battle. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it with your might. I didn't see anywhere in the word of God when we read it that it said that we were to be strong in our might. Strong because we're strong. That, that God's power would be exercised because we feel we're strong. The word of God first states that we are to be strong in what? In who? I don't know if you can put that up there real quick. Who are to we be strong in? Who, who, is our, it, who is the ultimate decider that we're to be strong in? In him. In the Lord. It doesn't say be strong in Jonah, Pastor Jonathan. It doesn't say be strong in Brother Lorenzo or Brother Andrew or Sister Rachel. It doesn't say, it says be strong in him. Sometimes we go to, to go to battle and we think that the power is within us. We think that we hold the power so we go over there and we get beat up and, and mopped all over the floor. Spiritually speaking. Because we're over there trying to fight a battle that God says, the only way you win that is by letting me take care of that for you. But if you want to go, I'm going to make sure you're protected. But if you want to go, have at it. Don't come back here with black eyes. It doesn't say that we're to be strong by our own might. It's nothing that you can say, man, I've been doing, you know, spiritual exercises and I'm so buff in the Lord. Man, you got to see me. I'm so buff in the Lord. I can take out somebody in the spiritual realm. That's steroids. It's cheating. Okay. <laughs> but the only way that it happens is when you're in Christ. The only way that you begin to work that exercising of the muscle is when you go to God in prayer. When you go to God in reading the word of God. When you begin to speak to God on a daily basis. Then you start flexing your exercise muscles. Because the closer you are to him, the more of him he's able to reflect in you. Hallelujah. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Man, get somebody, get that right now. There is a power that is inside Jesus Christ that has conquered Satan, has conquered death, has conquered cancer, diabetes, homosexuality, adultery, uh, pornography, addiction. You know, there is a power that God says, I've already defeated all of that. And all I need you to do is come to me with the problem and stand against the enemy. Stand right beside me and say, God, this is your battle. There is power that we are to rest in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not my might, not by sword, not by by my spirit, but but you're his spirit. Hallelujah. 
Where does it say in the scripture that we have to fight based on our own abilities? If it's up to us, we'll never make it. We're all big and bad in church. Then we go out there and we were defeated. I can't imagine how many times God has to pick us up off the floor. <laughs> but we're children of God. But yeah, we're all over the floor. But don't you just love him? Because he, he's, he's so patient with us. That even in those moments where we're mopped on the floor, they're all beat up. He's, he's like that mom that just, you know, gets you and just cleans you up. And come on, son, you got to learn. He's so loving for us that he says, you know, I'm that parent, God says, that you don't, that's going to go fight for you so you don't have to fight it. I'll take the bullet. I'll take the sacrifice on the cross so that you could live your life in, in abundance. God says, I'll take it. I'll take the pain. I'll take the suffering. I'll take what you can't understand. Just bring it to your daddy in heaven. Bring it to me and let me work on your things. Let me work on your situation. Watch where I'm going to take you with your future. Somebody's got a future today. Somebody's going to walk into some great things that God is about to do in your life. Hallelujah. You've been praying. You've been seeking the Lord. And God says, I've got what you need. All I need you to do is stand in side of me and rest on my power but here's here's what happens we start thinking it's us and when you think about it that it's you you cripple God's ability to work in your life a hundred percent because you put your hand in there and many times we limit God's ability to move in our lives because we focus on everything that we've done or that we haven't done. You see, there's two sides. The sides that say, man, I've done all of this. I don't think God could ever forgive me for that. And then there's the other side that says, God, I haven't done enough and I have so much to go. And I don't know if I can do it because I still got so much to go. And then we don't ever move. Because we're so like, where do I go? Do I go into the past or do I go forward, which I know I can't even finish. And then you stay stuck. But God doesn't move based on your ability. He moves based on his ability. So when you begin to pray, when I say let's do a prayer and let's begin to pray, you don't, you don't necessarily have to be 100% perfect for God to move in you. He's already ready to move in you. The question is, will you get your hand out of the way? The more that we spend with him, the more that we see him operate in our lives, the more that we see who, who he is, the more we love, the more that we see how he works in our lives, the more we want more of it. Yes. Think of, if you've ever trained a dog, think about that. How do you reward your dog? How do you get your dog to know what the right thing to do is? You, you give them treats Amen. to teach them, hey, good boy, good girl. And you give them praise. Hey, nicely done. We're not animals, obviously. But the Lord wants to bless you always. He wants to say, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, that's, you're doing good. 
But if you can't see past the spiritual, physical realm, you can't see past what's before your eyes, you'll never get to the point. You have to believe that God, like I always say, the word of God says, is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Which means the more you seek him, the more you find him. The more you find him, the closer you are to him. The closer you are to him, the more he moves in your life. The more he moves in your life, the more blessings you see in the physical realm. And you thought the battle was just between, you know, people, huh? We look at what we can do, how we do it, how we need to do it, and it doesn't work that way. Because the Bible instructs us to stand. And then it says this, you ready? This is the part that I said we probably heard about this when we were young kids. Put on the full armor of God. Amen. For those of you who want to get an, a good visual, think about the medieval times when the knights had armor. Why did they have armor for? What was its main purpose? It was to protect what? Not just their body though. Vital organs. There was a breastplate that was upon them, right? And they made it pretty thick so that it couldn't penetrate to the heart. They wore a helmet to protect their head so that nothing could get to the head. They wore stuff on their thighs and their legs so that nothing would be able to penetrate. They protected their arms. It was vital that they protected themselves. The Bible says that we are to put on the full armor of God. We, what the Bible was saying is that you've got to clothe yourself with God's armor so that you can stand against the devil's tricks, his deception, his lies, so that when the devil comes around and says, this is right, you're like, no, I know that's wrong for sure. And you need to get back because you're not getting in here, that's for sure, because this is protected by Jesus. Armor helps protect your vital organs. If, you, if we were to leave it exposed, those people would have been dead instantly. And even then, there was some armor back in the days when they were experimenting that still didn't work with arrows and all that. And it would still penetrate. But not the armor of God. <laughs> the armor of God is a spiritual armor. What did I tell you about a spiritual and the physical realm? This armor is spiritually that when you put it on, it's not only protecting you in the spiritual sense, it's manifesting to the physical sense. Hallelujah. You have to understand what God desires for you to do. He doesn't say, hey, um, Pastor Jonathan, go chase down demons and be a bounty hunter. Go take them out. No, He's, he, he wants us to do what he did. Hey, if it's before our way, we're going to cast you out. Get out of the way. If there is a problem, if there is a sickness, we're going to come. We're going to remove it in Jesus' name. We're not going to be run by fear. Because for God has not given us a spirit of what? But of love, power, and of a sound mind. That's right. For God has not given the spirit. We're not going to be run by fear. Why? When we got the armor of God. Why? When we have the ultimate protector, Jesus Christ. Why would we need to fear that? Why would we go into battle, even wanting to even battle, what we don't even have to worry about battling, because the true battle comes in your, on your knees in prayer. Saying, Jesus, I need you to take and help me with this problem. 
God, I have not seen it yet come to happen yet, but I believe that it's going to happen. That's faith. That's activating. Not, it hasn't happened. I guess it's not going to happen. Oh, I'm going to get sick. This COVID thing is going to just get me. I don't know. You know, don't let the devil deceive you with that. He is our refuge. He is our deliverer. He is the way maker. He is our protector. He is a lion. He's the actual lion, not like a roaring lion, like a roaming lion, like Satan is. He's, Satan's like a roaming lion. You, you get that? I don't know if you guys ever caught that. He's like a roaming lion. It doesn't say he is a lion. He's a copycat of the real lion of Judah. And that's the one that we serve. We serve the almighty land of Judah. All that, all that you need to take away from that message is that with God, you cannot lose. Your God cannot lose. You will win if you stay and remain and stand in him. You will overcome temptation. You will resist the devil and the word of God says, and he will flee from you. Resist. Stand. Resist. Stand. Resist. Stand. Resist. Resist. And the devil will flee from you. Yes. When, the, when the word of God referred to wiles, um, that word is broken down and it's known as tricks. When it says, and you will stand against the wiles of the devil, we'll put the word tricks and replace wiles. So can you put that up there for us again, please? Ephesians 6. I want you to see something. Just so that you, it puts it into perspective. Put on the whole armor of God so that, look, put on the whole armor of God. It doesn't say put on a little bit. Brother Miguel knows because he's an, a law enforcement officer. You have to have the entire protection. He needs his firearm to carry out his duty. He needs his badge. He needs his utility belt to carry his cuffs and whatever else he carries. Amen, brother? He needs his patrol vehicle to patrol. He cannot go out there and just say, I'm going to go patrol walking around. <laughs> you know, good luck. Right? But put on the full armor of God. In other words, don't come to God halfway. Come to God completely surrendered so that he could clothe you completely. And then it says that you would be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. That you would be able to stand against the deception of the devil. That you would be able to stand against the taking you away from the will of God of the devil. That you would, be get, you would come to be able to stand against the temptations of the devil. You get where I'm going with this? The only way you resist the devil is to stand firm in Jesus Christ. And to declare so the next time you have a situation that you're not comfortable with, say in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke, I denounce, I get back, I slap, I, I beat that thought up and I cast it to hell where it belongs. And I call upon Jesus in the spiritual realm to send his angels, to send his presence to fill my life with what needs to be there 
I refuse to be a slave to sin. I refuse to be a slave to the enemy. You see, the enemy has some of you and he's trapped you in a little box. And he don't let you come out very often because you're so worried about you've been trying to fight uh, fight the enemy so much that you spend all your time fighting the devil, fighting the devil, fighting the devil. And God says, why are you fighting him? That's my battle. Just come to me. Fight me. Fight him on my uh, on your knees. When you come to me and you begin to pray, I'll make sure that it gets taken care of. Stand against the enemy. Stand in Jesus Christ. Stand in him. Can you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15? I'm almost coming to an end. The real battle. You need to understand that if you want something in your physical life, if there is something you've been praying for, you got to pray in the spiritual realm. You got to pray to Jesus. You got to take your spirit and go to God in spirit and worship him in spirit and in truth. You got to have a connection when talk to him so that he understands the needs that you are petitioning to him in a spiritual realm. Because when that happens, angels begin to minister. God sends blessings and it starts to reflect physically. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 15. This was a a prophet that was speaking to Jehoshaphat back in the days. But the promise is for us. So as you read up there, look at it and read it with with me. The prophet says, listen, all of you Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of the great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's now you may be saying that was the old testament well yeah that's the old testament that's a promise for the new testament that I can go to whatever stands before me whatever giant we talked about it last week whatever wall stands before me and I can say Jonathan do not be afraid nor dismayed because of the great battle you see before you for the battle is not mine it is the Lord's hallelujah come on somebody grab a hold of that you've been fighting you've been you've been dying there you've been getting you know you've been getting slammed but God is here to tell you today you do not need to be afraid of what you can't see because the battle belongs to him the battle is not yours but it's God some of you need to realize you have to stop trying to fight the devil based off your own strength It is not your strength. Get off of his grounds. Because the devil will take you to his fighting grounds. He'll take you to some hoods. Take you to some back alleys. Where he can cheap shot you. Make you think that God isn't real. Because he's not moving. But if you know who your God is. You're like, I don't belong in this place. This is not even my battle. I'm going back home. I'm going back home to my daddy's house. And I'm going to tell Satan, I'm going to tell my daddy in heaven. I'm going to tell him what you're doing to me. Because when the wrath comes against you, you're going to wish you never would have messed with me. Because the more you come against me, you come against my daddy. And the more you come against my father in heaven, the more you, you, you get to the more of the repercussions that's going to come your way. Do not be afraid. 
You know, me and my wife were having a conversation this morning, and that's, that message is for another time. But it's super powerful. We can't walk around scared. You can't walk around scared. You can't walk around fearing what you don't know. Because your mind will go crazy. You can't, you can't sit there and say, man, I wonder how many thousand of ways I could die today if I get out of my house. <laughs> a bee could bite me, I could be allergic and I die. I could be walking in the street to get the mail, a dog bites me, has rabies and I die. I could go to a store, touch an object, get some kind of virus and I could die. I could be in an accident just driving down the street and I could die. I could be, you know, in my restroom, have a seizure, hit a part of the sink, mess up my head and cause a brain tumor and I could die. You, you get the point? If we sit there and we, we contemplate, oh, I'm so scared because I don't know how I'm going to die. Look, you know, hey, when it's your time, it's your time. But God doesn't require you and request you to walk around with your tail between your legs like a little puppy saying, I just hope I don't get this. I hope I don't get that. I hope I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that if I go here or I go on a lake and I'm afraid that I'm going to fall over, I'm going to drown. That's, not, that's fear. And we were talking about that. And I was, we we're just saying like, it's changed so much. Right now, this COVID-19, this, this pandemic that has been here has tested, has shaken the foundation of the church. Because you'll know what kind of believer you are. If you're a scared believer, you're going to be scared of everything. You're going to be afraid to touch the doorknob. Amen. If you're a true believer and you know that God has everything in his hands, you're going to take precautions. But you're going to know that, hey, my God has this. And if I should, what does that prayer say? If I shall die, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <laughs> I don't know why some Christians, why believers in Christ, why they get certain things, why certain things happen to them. I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not saying they did something wrong. I'm not saying that it's, they're meant to have that. I don't know. I'm not God. But what I will tell you is that I believe enough to have crazy faith that, that if God were to allow something like that to happen, that he would bring me out. That's right. Amen. And he would bring you out. Amen. I couldn't explain why it would happen if it were to, but I know that God has you. Because that's all I can believe in. We say we believe in faith. Right? Faith is what we can't see happening. We could die a thousand ways walking outside this church, walking outside the door. We could, we could literally die in so many ways. But do we walk around fearful? We shouldn't. Because we know who holds our future. Amen. Let us all stand.